0: Yo, yo, you already know how I do. The thumbnail, I had already recorded the part you're going to hear after this. I had to come back and take a screenshot of this. She just finished the part I'm going to play for you. It's a teaser, um, and I play more of what she has to say. But y'all, y'all have to go listen to this interview. She said, what now? Ooh wee! Hold on, let me see. I'm going to get to the part where he asked a question. Okay, hold on.
1: The whole time y'all not safe around each other. And mm. y'all, regardless of how the situation plays out, then the whole time we telling y'all we don't feel safe around y'all.
0: The whole time y'all not safe around each other. Hmm. Whole time y'all ain't even safe around each other. Women saying we don't feel safe around you. Whole time y'all ain't safe around each other. But hold on, hold on. This is not the kicker. Hold on. It's hurted to everybody.
2: Okay, what would it look like for? a black man to be raised first, someone that is in the would it would it be the idea of pro-black yeah i guess but
1: it was still if if a a black man was truly raised first children would be at the forefront Mm -hmm. three point blank men would be investing in the actual children straight up but you don't see that you'll see a dude like uh what is it the, the guy from your live yesterday you'll see people be like it was dudes in your comments I hey, protect this man at all costs. You see him say stuff like that. at hand to take. How often do you see black men saying protect these babies at all
0: costs? She makes a good point because I would have said like you don't you don't ever hear men say protect this woman at all costs. Never, not once, not not a once. silk, zero zero, right? Silk, zero, nada. But um, she took it an- another step further, and I definitely agree with that. Y'all know I have a soft spot in my heart for children, for my unborn babies-ish and and whatnot, and for, like, my niece and the upcoming generation, my godkids. When have you ever heard men say, protect these children at all costs, right? Like, the man can fend for themselves, but the children, though? Woo! How often do you see black men saying, protect these babies
1: at all costs? the only time they care about children is when it comes to transgenders using the bathroom hmm. they literally don't care me argue about like child support They throw parties to celebrate getting off of child support you don't if you don't care about your seed you definitely don't give a fuck about the whole
0: community whole entire oh so this is the part where you're about to see this 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 comment right here and then i'm gonna um let it cut and you're gonna hear the second part which was before this but I, I wanted to capture this
1: Men argue about like child support at those parties to celebrate Ooh. getting off of child support you don't if you don't care about your seed you definitely don't give a fuck about the
2: whole community straight up it, it sounds like you're saying that and correct me if i'm wrong it sounds like you're saying that black men are anti-black women you, are you saying that black men are anti-black period oh just period
0: Period. Woo! Ooh-wee, what is good to find dolls? Listen, you already know my personality. Listen, this Saturday, heavy upload day, I'm just resting. But I guess I woke up on a kind of like binge listening to stuff. And um, I'm going to say this. I'm going to play a couple of maybe like a minute or so. Um, you're going to see on the thumbnail, I'm pretty sure I'm going to take a screenshot of it and it's going to have the title in there for you. It's from Ken Billion's, um, channel and it's the one titled, The Feminine Mystique, The Biggest Elephant in the Room. I am 13 minutes in when I tell you his guest speaker is spitting fire. Oh my God. When I talk about me getting bored with other topics and some of the spaces that we're in and it's kind of like repetitive and redundant and I'm ready for the next level, and stuff to stimulate my mind. Um. Uh. The guest speaker. Her name is Maya. Let me see if I can scroll up a little bit. I think is it Maya Randolph. Hold on. It's Maya Johnson. Maya Johnson. Um. If you if you wanna. This is my first time hearing her. Whoo! She is going in. Um. Right before this, she talked about the first second third and fourth wave of feminism Um, I would suggest for any woman to kind of familiarize herself with that I myself had to kind of um, come to the realization that I am a feminist and I will never ever allow a man or another woman to shame me about being a feminist especially when I come to understand that especially for first and second wave it had a lot to do with Us transitioning from being the property to being able to own property and the right to own a checking account. Um, Another great talking point that she has is that black women have always worked, whereas um, white women were fighting for the right to work. Very interesting, right? When you think about it in those layers. But the part I'm going to play for you right now is where she's going to talk about how she used to be the same like me. And I think a lot of us black women that have, you know, have changed over the, like, from 2019 to 2023, and some people sooner than others, um, but she talks about how she used to have her cape on and her boots on, and so she was so much an advocate that she was a baby, like, a panther, she was, um, like, owned the can opener, all of that stuff, the can opener, the the t-shirt, the bag, all of it, right, um, and then she comes to the realization to the, the same that way that I have. And I think so many other black women in the collective have that you start to get to a point where you realize, like, wait a minute, they're not even pro black women. If you if you start to go back and look and see what the movements have been all about, you start to realize that they didn't really uh, give a nod or knowledge to women were right alongside with them in the trenches, getting hosed down with fire hoses, you know, fire hydrant hoses, having dogs sicked on them, being lynched, being, you know, having their houses set on fire, having to work in the fields just as bad, if not worse, you know, being pregnant and birthing children and everything that the R and M and SA and DV that came with it, that that never got um, really acknowledged. And even so much so, I think that with George Floyd, It was a huge turning point, too, because you got to see the contrast between how people were out in the streets for George Floyd, but for Breonna Taylor, not so much. And also, it also brought to light, like, where is the sisterhood? You would think that white women or other women from other races would be out there infuriated about what happened to Breonna Taylor. And mom was the word. Mom was the word. It was like there. That's when I think all of these Paradigms that we used to have in place about what sisterhood is and what, I guess, brotherhood is and what it means to be, you know, pro-Black. All of those things started to crumble and, and fall away. Um, I think even more so within the last years, at, past couple of years, at a more exponential rate, especially with the exposure that we're going through right now. A lot of illuminating, shedding light on what the really things really are. And so I want you to hear, Um, I want to, I'm going to go back like maybe 10 more seconds because she was going in. Maya was going in, y'all. Her men, black women
2: should stay out of it. It doesn't involve black women. What, what do you say to that? i say that's bogus and it's really just
1: most of the time it's just men's way to deflect and it's women who are male identified it's their way to deflect because the issue is a lot of black men keep in mind i used to be an activist right i did the whole um the revolutionary black panther party been there done that bought the postcard the t-shirt the bottle opener all of that right so my thing is you learn very quickly that a lot of these uh talking heads in the black community especially on the on the chitlin circuit, mm. they'll try to feed you this rhetoric when the-
0: Did she say chitlin circuit?
1: <laughs> especially on the, on the chitlin circuit, they'll try to feed you this rhetoric when at the end of the day, Black men have never been race first. But they sell that to us in order to use our mental and emotional and sometimes physical labor in order to advance their own particular agenda. We get used by them the same way we get used by white people, in the same way we get used by the system as a whole. It's all about doing labor and being somebody's workhorse, unfortunately, and being a mule for other communities of people, even our own. Hmm.
0: Okay.
2: So, what about Malcolm? Or, what about the Nation of Islam? When what about them?
0: She said, What about them? At that point, it was at that moment she knew. Y'all know me already by now. I had to come on here and highlight it. I'm just saying. She said, "What about him?"
2: When you say that black men have never been race first, what do you mean by that? They never have been. So even if you look at Malcolm, right? That was centered around
1: Islam. What does Islam say about women? Does it?
0: Come on now, come on now. Let's get into it. Like, whoo, I never heard it from that aspect, right? Let's let's get into it.
1: That was centered around Islam. What does Islam say about women? Does it put women on the same pedestal as men? Mm-hmm. Soon as he decided to develop a more equitable mind view, y'all knew
2: wow, what happened to him. So <laughs> that's that. Okay. Um, the modern Hebrew Israelite movement.
0: woo wee! I haven't heard this part yet, so this is my raw reaction right here. I haven't gone past this. He said, "What about the Hebrew Israelites?" Go ahead, sis. It
2: seems like it's centered around race, right?
0: Mm-mm.
2: Is that is that <laughs> off? Is that off as well? It's still. That's not even centered around race. That's
1: centered around Christianity and blackface.
0: Mm.
2: So you're saying that there's never in in America there's never been a movement where black men were race first Mm-mm. at at the front of the line. No. Wow.
1: No, I, I'm and I'm gonna stand on that. Unless, I'm, look, and I'm open, right? Cause I don't know everything. But if somebody can present that information to me, then I'm here for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when it came to the Black Panther Party, you got other people in that movement actively abusing Black women. Mm. Or same thing with the Civil Rights Movement, Rosa Parks. Right? Remember that she wasn't even the first person uh, caught at COVID. Right? Mm -hmm. Look what they did to her. She didn't fit the prototype Mm -hmm. or the model. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? They wanted you to be light-skinned. You gotta look a certain way. So when it came to things like colorism and all that other stuff, there was still black men who had to vet who could be a face for the movement. Meanwhile, no disrespect, though. Claudia all couldn't make it for George Floyd, though.
0: Ooh, I love her style. This is what I'm talking about. I freaking manifested this. Like, uh, let me.
1: Niggas ain't never been black first. Ooh, ooh, Garvey. Ooh, ooh. What about him? He was a conservative Christian. Ooh. That that that's not a, a woman centric religion either.
0: Ooh. Wait, which religion? Let me go back a little bit. Did he say like W from Dubois or something? Thank you for George Floyd though. Ooh.
1: Niggas ain't never been black first. Garvey.
0: Oh, Marcus Garvey. <laughs>
1: What about him? He was a conservative Christian. That that that's not a a woman centric religion either. Mm, mm, mm. Okay.
2: So, have black women been raised first? For way too long, girl. Way too long. Tell it. Okay. Explain the different. Explain the difference.
0: Ooh, y'all. So that was a little bit of a teaser, okay? And he started off the podcast um, talking about. you know, the F word being a bad word, the F word being feminist, like feminine, feminism, feminist. And but when you when he would ask people to cite a book or cite sources about what the word means and how it has evolved, he can't find anything. And so out of that, this is how he reached out to Maya. And it sounds like she's been on his channel before. So I'll have to go back and um See if I can find where she was on again. I'm pretty sure if I type in the search for his channel. To listen, Um, I don't know if he tagged her because even here. Did he put her name in here? Let me see. No, he didn't. Mm. Okay, I'm going to have to try to find when she comes up again. It's two hours long. Um, But yeah. That, that is wild. Do y'all want to hear a little bit more? I'm going to give you until 15 minutes max. Max, max. I might cut it a little bit short before that. Just a little teaser.
2: Of what it looks Stop like. Okay, shoot. Let me, let me. Hold on. Okay. So, have black women been raised first?
1: For way too long. Mm-hmm. Okay, way explain. too
2: long. Mm. Okay, explain the different. Explain the difference of what it looks Stop like. Okay, shoot. Let me let me
1: finish.
2: So, yeah, that. yeah, finish the question first. Finish the question. Okay. Oh, well, well, let me let me start right here. Cuz this is a
1: social movement. Is BLM race first? Is a movement?
0: No. I would was- See, and this is a thing. And so I'm going to give my response and then, you know, I want you to kind of use that space too, to kind of come up with your answer and then hear her answer. So I usually like to try to think stuff through before they respond, unless I just really don't know. But my response would be that I have come to find that it's it's more black lives matter, like black men's lives matter. Um, but if it's black on black crime, then black lives don't matter and black women's lives don't matter. I haven't heard BLM come out for like pregnant women getting assaulted or black women being roughed up by the police and or i don't even think to the extent that they did for brianna taylor so that's my response but let me see what she has to say
1: say no um i would say it's more of a when 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 it originally started i would like to feel like it was race first but even in this male century all the whole you know like you see all these posts everything like the propaganda and even now like where, where are they you know what i'm saying but in the beginning it's still focused on men that were dying at the hands of police. And, and men who were abused by police officers. Where a lot of times like people like Senator Bland who laid by the wayside. Not only right. the way they talked about um I can't even think of her name right now, the light Korean. How they did Kareem Gates. How disrespectful niggas was when she died in front of her come on, fam. And she actually died, right? Her life was taken. Niggas did not care. And mm. she died standing up for some principles and died uh, for um, this ideology, right? Mm. Mm. There was still male century. Mm. She literally let black men tell her certain things was important, got out there and died for that shit. And look who's taking care of her kids? The government. They. She got the kid got the money, but at the end of the day, that's the woman who lost her life behind that shit. And they, all they did is talk shit about her and mm. call her stupid.
2: Mm. Okay, so are you saying that, as a whole, black women are more race-first than black men?
1: Absolutely, because we let these these hotels and these dudes talk us out of, like, feminism, right? And I get it, because once again, there are different types of feminism, there are different ways.
0: That's deep, because, you know, um, part of what I've had to come and realize is, like, I have to be womanist first i have to be woman-centered first i have to be a feminist first and so you can even tell that um most of the the quote-unquote black movements are not based on race per se they're more pro-male so much so to the point that they try to talk you out of being feminist that's this is deep y'all Woo. let us see This is feminism and
1: also Different types of feminism, right? And if you don't like the word feminism because it's a buzzword, at least, at least it makes sense being a womanist, right? But black women will literally disregard rhetoric that is beneficial to them and their children, right? Including their sons. Feminism is everybody, mm. and we will disregard rhetoric because some nigga told us it was bad for us for some pseudo religious and some 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 pseudo uh, militant
0: bullshit that they don't even believe in themselves. Ooh-wee. I told y'all I'd keep it at 15 seconds. That was a teaser. Get on it. The Feminine Mystique, the biggest elephant in the room, Uh, Maya Johnson in the building with Kenny Billions. Go check it out. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay, okay, okay. Another teaser. Y'all have to go listen to this. I... I don't want to exceed thirty minutes on this because you you have to go listen to it in its entirety. But when she called these people unseasoned, I was like, no, I, I gotta. So he's gonna ask her a question, and I want you to hear this because I think this is important for people on my channel to understand this too. Look
2: like what does what does a organic pro black look like? What would what a what would a black man look like that is really for Black children, black elders, black people. Period. What mm-hmm. is? How did? How is? Is he? Is it? Is he a liberal? Is he a conservative? Is he? Does he wear red, black, and green? Like what is that? Look like?
1: No, he don't. He don't do none of that. Um It's mostly about creating a safe space for children to learn and thrive, right? And to to attempt to put in infrastructures and frameworks to further an actual agenda.
0: And I agree with that big time. Like part of my concerns with like reparations or anything moving forward is we don't have infrastructure or framework and you need that not only for the community, but for the future generations, for the children. We don't have, you know, if it would be one thing if, you know, you have um, Deputy um, Judd, I forget his first name. Talking about let's bring these three boys in and bring them to justice. It would be another thing for the black community to be like, we're gonna deal with them, and mesh, you know, hash out a, a punishment and get justice for um, people like Ariana, Officer Ariana Preston, or getting justice for Beyana Doyle or Baby Gray Grayson or or that type of thing. Like we don't have, if if we don't have white supremacists you know, police department then what what's the alternative for how I get things taken care of if I get robbed or essayed or domestic violence or theft or you know, that what what infrastructure do we have? We don't have grocery stores, we don't have banks, we don't have a way to um funnel funds into our education or um to fix our roads and to create parks or stuff like that. So that that is um, quite profound what she said in those few seconds right there, right? To, to
1: attempt to put in infrastructures and frameworks to further an actual agenda, um, to actually have a code of conduct and principles for
0: the people that they interact with. Exactly. And, and, oh, this is, oh, my God, I love this so much because code of conduct, right? Code of conduct. We don't have a code of conduct. Or if we do, it's not something that I would continue to like to live in. If, if the code of conduct is what we have now, absolutely not. We're, we're, in, we're in danger. We're in trouble, obviously, you know? Um, I freaking love this. And
1: frameworks to further an actual agenda, um, to actually have a code of conduct and principles for the people that they interact with, right? So there were times, once upon a time, where some of those principles were kind of uh, incorporated in things like gang culture or originally in the Black Panther Party, right? Feeding children, progress for children, protecting children all this other stuff, right? And giving women, like giving women, providing women a space to be whoever they want to be, right? Um, It looks like, I feel like it would be more on the liberal side, right? I don't necessarily rock with liberal white women, but liberalism, like the idea of liberty, right? And being able to practice that as an ideology, I rock with. So black men who are truly
2: black first would be promoting those things. Do you think black women want what white women have? And if no. so what is that? No. <laughs> black women just want to be themselves
1: unapologetically because as we see, like everything black women literally move the cultural needle. Straight mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. So Kim K is popular because of wanting to emulate certain things from black culture, everything from the aesthetic and all of that. Ariana Grande. Same shit.
0: And so um part of what made me want to come on. And record, uh, you know, add this capture this clip is because even right now, at at the time that I'm recording this, which is mid May, so today is May 20th, 2023, just saw a clip. I didn't even bother to click on it, but I saw a video that was titled How Miley Cyrus um, Uses Nicki Minaj as kind of like a muse. And they had a picture of her kind of replicating what what Nicki Minaj looks like. Now, interesting thing is BET um refused to nominate Nicki Minaj for any awards, but um I, again, I'm not really all too much into celebrity stuff, so I'll just let it play out the way it needs to. But you see that time and time again, you have people who copy like Rihanna or Beyoncé, right? And emulate that and again, even when you talk about numbers and I talked about this a little bit with reparations, it's like we don't have an infrastructure to keep the money within our community at least for four you know, four to seven cycles the way that other communities do. Within half an hour the money is out into other communities, but we do set trends to the tune of two point two trillion dollars, right? So it's billion and then trillion to the point of two point two if if black people co sign on like luxury vehicles luxury like like things that 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 contribute to certain things or that add flavor and she's about to use the word unseasoned that's what made me um laugh but we are trendsetters when it comes to um to those aspects even to to where you have like you said that all the kardashians modeling what they do after black women right
1: like in a state right black women move the cultural needle right so there's no be like white women in what aspect to be regular to be unseasoned <laughs> to be mediocre to, to to weaponize tears like what do we want that for black women just literally want to be left alone want to be, and, and be safe that's it black women want safe people in the space to be whoever it is
0: they're supposed to be and seasoned, we want to be seasoned. We want to continue to be seasoned. Yes, please and thank you. All right, the end. I'm telling you, this girl is killing it. And I, I don't know if I'm doing it this justice again because I'm kind of cutting bits and pieces. But there's something she said here, and she said, you know, when has white been the standard? And she talks about the weave. You got to go in. I'm at the 24 minute mark. So if you want to hear her response to what you know when people give pushback about you know, black women who wear weave. The girl knows her stuff. But she said, you know, when has white women been the standard? And when you think about it, if white women really were the standard, I would be trying to make my lips thinner. I'd be trying to get a smaller butt, right? I would stay out of the sun. I couldn't tell you, like, the places that I go, I couldn't tell you how many people try to tan. I couldn't tell you how many people have lip fillers. And try to make their lips bigger. I couldn't tell you how many people like curly hair. I couldn't tell you. How, and even though I, you know, in our culture, we get teased. So compared to other black women, I have a little booty, right? But I still have one nonetheless. It's funny. I've Even the white people I'm around, they're like, I wish I had a booty. Like, that's to tell you, like, their ba- their butts are even flatter than mine. Okay? And... Um, not, never, not once have I have black women been out here and, and, and I will say this cause she has her response to even here, but I love how versatile our hair is. Our hair can be curly. It can be textured. It can be straight. It can be smooth. It can be shiny. It can be, you know, all of these so many different forms and so versatile and we can braid it and, crimp it and do all these different things. And if anything, you see other cultures, you know, some, I would say like maybe more Native American kind of had the braids, like those big long braids in their hair type of a thing. But outside of that, like when has white women been the standard, even when you look at the dresses, like back in the days where they used to have like the narrow waist with the big old, you know, like, butt behind it that's because white women were trying to copy black women right in terms of the shape and the figure that you have when you look at women white women they tend to be more so there's a thing called um estrogen estrogen type body an estrogen body has um curves right it's go, you're gonna you're going to have boobs you're going to have a little bit of booty you're going to have hips thighs you know that type of a thing you're going to be curvaceous that isn't a estrogen dominated body right most women don't fit that prototype right they tend to be more slender on the thin side you know um, type of a thing so white
1: men have and all of that so what they do is they project these things onto black women so when it comes to the, even with the hair issue since when are white women like the standard, right? And intrinsically ties, right? Yeah. Since women. was since what was everything? <laughs> okay. Silence. Like like who said that was them? But they are literally a, they treat white men and white women like the boogeyman. And it's because they have internalized that white women are the beauty standard. So they assume that everything black women do is to be to look more like white women. And and here's the thing They still ignore a lot of cultural relevance. Once upon a time, you couldn't get a job if you didn't have a perm. And like I said before, black women did not have the luxury of not working. So what are you, what are we supposed to do?
0: Hmm. Yo, okay, okay, I'm done. I'm done, I'm done. I'm telling you, go check it out. She, I mean, just the little clips that and the whole thing, I'm 24 minutes in. It's a two-hour video. I mean, this is just like, she is just, Oh, I, I love it here. I freaking love it here. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I better not come on here. Please, Lord Jesus. Like, <laughs> divine God is like, please don't let me be. Keep coming on here, cutting and pasting these little clips and pieces. But I'm telling you, it's fire. Okay, so. woo we? Listen, I'm looking at the phone right now. I'm like, if you. <laughs> if I come back on here, I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to just sit on my hands and not. Come on here and keep it for the teaser that I intended to be. All right, y'all. Bye. <laughs> and bloop. I'm here eating dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'm at the one hour and one minute mark. I want you to hear this. There's so many takeaway gems and stuff that you can... Um, I think every woman should listen to this. Um, but I want you to hear... I'm gonna go back like 10 more seconds. I want you to hear this. So because they can't fuck
1: me, they don't value what I gotta say. or they're not related to me, right? So I don't gotta come to to their rescue and don't value what I gotta say. And that just further proves my point in how men commodify women. I shouldn't have less value just because you can't consume me.
0: That is freaking deep, right? When you think about it, because when you start to understand the nature of of a male, they're, they're coming to consume you for something, something. And that's when you start to realize like, Hey, I don't even want to fall under your purview. I'm not looking finna be consumed for my looks, for my sex, for my, my income for, you know, to be consumed. Right. And so, but then because I, I, there was a podcast I did earlier today and we were talking a little bit about how you can hear the contrast between how most men are just consumed with sex. Like even with um Umar Johnson, every time he describes a, a woman or a black woman in particular, he'll be like, white women, don't be in my inbox just because you got a booty or you think you got titties or because you, you know, think that you're more attractive because of your skin, blah, blah, blah. And he'll talk about like the brat and he'll be like, she is fine. She got thick thighs. You know, where he'll say, like, Ebony uh, K. Williams is fine. She's fine. Like, she's just stuck on a very primal level. And you see it a lot in the Black community. Um, Sometimes, I think, well, obviously in other communities, too. But it's one of these things where it's kind of like, remember how I talked about how Ken shows that he's trying to empathize um, with women and walk a mile in their shoes and view them as, like, the friend and and as a human being and so but i think that men who have not ascended from that level of just seeing you primal as like what is your sexual market value if you're not you know to be consumed and then discarded and i talked a lot of, um in my way back like a year two years ago about the whole discarding process that men go through like chewing you up and spitting you out type of a thing and so, but what what that means on a grander scheme of things is if you're just being, um, if you're not consumable, then you, in their eyes, you don't have value. And I love that she said that, you know, it's like you get to a point where you realize that that's how they tend to, to see you. So I just, that, listen, y'all pray for me I'm finish eating. <coughs> I have one more hour of the. Excuse me. I feel like I'm gonna cough and sneeze at the same time. Wu chow. I had a little. It's a little bit of pepper, but. Woo. Um. But yeah. So. That was super important. Just wanted to share that with you. Until the next one. Bye. Bloop. So two things. Um, I want to make sure because on the last podcast where um Kenny Billions was. Talking, I gave you the opportunity to. If, if you were blessed by what he said or his perspective, you can, his, his cash app was, um, the money sign. Hala, hala, Kenny, K-E-N-N-Y-B-R-I-S. And, um, I'm going to go back like maybe 20 seconds and, and I want to play this part of what Maya Johnson said. Um, and her cash app is dollar sign nine N-I-N-E three zero. 0 um and you'll see her her picture i believe and it says it will say maya johnson on there but um i'm gonna let her say this and then i'm going to um circle back hold on less comfortable being the only woman in the room than i do being the only black
1: person
0: so she said she is less comfortable being the only black woman she'd be less comfortable she or wait, go back, cause I, I I understood it one way, but I want to quote her directly. Don't
1: sound crazy when I say this. I feel less comfortable being the only woman in the room than I do being the only
0: black person. So she feels less comfortable being the only woman. So like just being the only woman with a lot of men, versus being the only black woman, the only black person, which means that she would be one not only the only black person but also it would be um other women i low-key if if i'm understanding what she's saying correctly i've said this i feel like when you think about it women have way more in common with each other um through our life stages and um and our experiences than than we do with men and that's okay um let's see what else she has to say
1: and so, because of that,
0: my woman knew it has to come first. It has to. That was deep. Um, that's at the one minute and 25 second. One hour and 25 minute um, mark. I found it to be profound. Um, I'd, if I were to kind of flip it or make it my own, I, I think what she's saying is I would feel more comfortable being the only black woman versus being the only woman in the room. And um, I, I think even, as, you know, making it my own, I feel like, yeah, I would agree with that um, to a certain degree. there There is a segment in the um, interview because I'm at the one hour and 25 minute mark. So you'd obviously have to go before that where she describes like the three tiers of of the Pookie and Ray Ray type women like you know how all of us have a spectrum between Pookie and Ray Ray um and I guess you know and Bonetta and Bonquisha and how it's a spectrum before you work your way up to, I guess, what you'd call like divine feminine. And I found it so profound the way she described it. I knew each of those type of three women in my life. And I feel like even when she was describing the third one, which would be at the top of the pyramid. And there are two types at the top. One is benign and the other one is they're both kind of dangerous. But it they're both cause for concern. Because when you think about cancer, benign is cause for concern, but it's not as dangerous as malignant and so at the top of the tier there was one in particular where she was describing how that type of woman tries to be the male equivalent of the of the male and so she's the type of person that will host like all these group meetings and functions for women to get together not only to assert her power but to um to kind of feed off of the energy of the other people and kind of assert yeah like basically assert herself and bingo, 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 it reminded me of this one lady. It was almost one of those things where we ended up going into business together. But I, uh, when she said it, it immediately filled in that gap of all the things I was feeling surrounding it. But now I have a picture because it's like um, she would have it sober. And I would wonder why she chose the certain women that she did to come over to her house. But with it, because it was... A, a component of it was prayer women prayer circle and um type of a thing we were sharing about sharing our life story and whatnot um and so you absolutely did feel like she was kind of just pulling from whatever it is she needed to to assert her power um type of a thing and it's funny because even though I, I used to consider myself kind of like pitbull in a skirt alpha female type of a thing even back then I feel like it does kind of more match that I'm more kind of like a Sigma. Sigma female because I don't... If if you want to be Alpha, you can have it all day, every day. You take the lead. Now, if I'm the only one and, and I can determine really, really quickly that I need to jump into action and be number one and take the lead, hands down absolutely I've done it, been trained to do it. But I feel like um, because I talk about how I did go into business with her, it was one of those things where... I allowed her to take a lead up into a point, you know, um, and so that was her way of asserting dominance. And it was there to be had, there was something to um, have as an end outcome out of it. Both of us were supposed to make money, but then it got to the point where she might as well had just been a dude really, truly at the end of the day, when, it, when I think about my male colleagues or male co coworkers, But part of what makes it so dangerous is I wouldn't even anticipate to see it coming because it was coming from a woman as opposed to, um, you know, like a man where it's with a man. I'd be like kind of checking for for certain things. The second, the the first and second tier, the first tier of the low primal um, woman was the type of woman that feeds her children to men. Right. Like she talked about precious and the second tier was the type of woman that competes with other women and that's why she doesn't have female friends because and that's why she'll say like oh I don't hang around women which I have heard that and I've heard it from content creators too and that that was a good definition for me too because I've never really said like I don't trust women I've never seen them as someone to compete with as a matter of fact in one of the previous podcasts I even did today I said you know it's really it's kind of funny not like not ha ha hilarious but kind of interesting or intriguing that women are in a position where we're competing for the pean wielders like come on do we not know who we are do we not acknowledge uh, you know that we are the ish and not them that we are the prize and not them and so it's like but yeah so there's that part all right talk to you later bye we okay 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 uh, again uh, at this point i'm gonna stop apologizing and just do what i have to do and if you're with me you part you know how i operate so i'm gonna go back maybe about a good two minutes and go back to the 27 second 27 minute mark one hour and 27 minutes i want you to hear this and this is so interesting because i think if we allow ourselves to kind of move away from race and kind of look at things as a whole Um, I remember in one of the podcasts I did between yesterday and today, I talk about how, yeah, we talk about what's happening in the black community. But if you really look and see what's happening in the Hispanic community, they're actually low key, a little bit lower on the totem pole when it comes to like success in their marriage. The um, literacy rates, um, patriarchal views are way more. They're more, we call it in like much ma machismo, machistic, male chauvinistic, um, and um, that's where you start to get this rhetoric of they were trained, they raised their they well trained, raised their girls to be wives so to um, uh, participate in domestic um, labor as opposed to um, also teaching their own sons how to cook and clean for themselves and clean up after themselves and how to be fathers, right? Um, and and when I, um, out here in Southern California, we down there live in Mexico. Like, I might as well just call and be like, hola, amigas, como estan? Como te la um Estoy llamando de este lugar. Estoy oyendo. Uh, listen, I might as well, right? Because, and this has been ongoing for at least 10 years, if I say 15 years, depending on how far down you drive the street, we we, we in Mexico, y'all. But um, and, and so um, Hispanic on Hispanic crime or Mexican on Mexican crime, gangs, drugs in, with their, within their own community, um, ch- child trafficking, all of those things are they're basically competing for the bottom with um, the black community. And so um, she is she it sounds like she's talking about she's uh, located in Japan right now. Um, at the time that I'm listening to this, and this was recorded, this was live streamed three days ago, or May 16th. Yeah, so today's the 20th. And I want you to hear what she has to say. Let me see if I um, went back far enough. Let's see.'
1: You're making all these u- You're making black women in the book these other women Here we go.'re go. trying to scare us into solutions. same it is the same, same type of rhetoric used in religion, the threat of hell, right? Or you gotta do this to get an allergy So like why are you not behaving A certain way It's fear mongering and, and other stuff And here's the thing I live in Japan There are more adults in diapers And babies in diapers right now Because Japanese women want men Who are equally as educated As them Japanese women are coming For their equity in society right now And guess what Japanese men are doing
0: Turning into passport growth and going to poorer Asian countries to get women who are less better off. That's wild, y'all. Japanese men are turning into um, passport boys. Now, that reminds me because I I do have some catching up to do on some of the content that I'm listening to. And I do remember seeing something titled about how um, Asian countries are having low birth rates. And they're blaming it on Western culture. So I wonder if it's kind of correlated to that. But that's super mad cool. She's in Japan. Um, Because Japanese women are educated. They have degrees. They're not going to quit their job to raise
1: your
0: bald head babies. Right? You know? Hey, y'all, I call them big head babies. But I guess the correct term is they are not going to raise y'all bald head babies?
1: (laughs) They're not going to quit their job to raise your bald head babies. Right? And also, they're not gonna they're not gonna take a, a submissive position in a relationship when they work the same hours you do. Mm. And because of that, instead of addressing the gender dynamics, mm-hmm. right, the the president and stuff of Japan is trying to offer money for couples to get married and offer money for people to have babies but it's not fixing the reason why people don't want to get together. Mm. Literally, Japan is about to face a crisis in the next. I, I would need to give them 20 years, but let's say 20 years mm. because they're not going to have a workforce because nobody's having babies. Mm. The, difference, the only difference between Japanese people in the black community is Japanese women won't sleep with these
0: men who don't leave the standard. asking. That's the part I wanted you to hear. That's This is the part I wanted you to hear. Hold on.
1: The only difference between Japanese people in the black community is Japanese women won't sleep with these men who don't meet the standard. Whereas in black America, we understand black men aren't meeting the particular standard or trying to force us into a submissive position and we're still fucking on them, which doesn't make any sense. We're still creating families with them, understanding for some part. So far, this is the only difference.
0: That's wild, right? So me if we allow ourselves to um, kind of just move outside of the circles of race, And we look at how other women are. And I think like, I would like to think we have more in common with with a sisterhood. But even culturally, you can see that there's a difference. Listen, I have that that mad respect for Japanese women, I think. Um, I look forward to having conversations with them in the future. um, Because it's kind of like... You got to respect that. They're doing, you know, because it's funny, this conversation about black women not sleeping with the Pookie and Raymays, we tried that. <laughs> we tried that conversation and y'all weren't, y'all were not eating that rice. Y'all were not going to, you were not going to shut up and eat that rice. Listen, a lot of you, I, I still remember that some of like the scab from like, trying to tell people like just don't sleep with them leave them alone let them die dry let them die dry as fuck like there's I feel like there's certain men certain caliber of men that should not be getting no sex at all let alone children or what comes with marriage like to me once you get that ding that's it and the pushback that I've heard from the black community is kind of like black women are not going to do it. They're not gonna do it, and and we do we we do come across as black male worshippers, but also peen worshippers, right? It's like you just gotta get your your O's in, type of a thing. So I have to respect it because remember, like now there is something on the table where you can see that other women do do this. They will withdraw the sex from you, and they're not gonna have your kids, and you're not. They're not gonna marry you if you're gonna try to talk to them about being submissive when they're working just as hard as you and doing 50 50. That's, I I have mad respect for that y'all. So I wanted to share that. Talk to you in a little bit. Um, So I'm at the one minute and 30 second, one hour and 30 uh, minute mark. So pretty safe to say I'll probably be back on here a couple more times. All right. Okay. This is wild. I'm going to try to go back maybe like two minutes because oh man, I just love this conversation and there's some gems in between there, but she's starting to talk about remember um, I know I talked about this on my podcast, but I'm trying to think of the timeline, the time frame. I want to say definitely for sure last year um, but I know I've talked about it a couple of times about how when you are ovulating, you tend to gravitate towards a, a different type of man and I want you to hear how they make how they handle the nuances or distinctions between this. Um, let me see if I can go back far enough. So let me go back to 137. So they're going to talk about, um, does your sexual preference change? Hold on, here we go. And it's maybe a good three or four minutes. I'm going to try not to interject too much because I really want you to follow the full train of thought. So here we go.
1: Basically, more so what we think, but yeah, but what other women actually prize in a paper. Okay. Okay. So it's not what men thinking
2: So I want to bring something up because this is important and I think a lot of women don't even know if they do this. So I want to throw something at you. Tell me, um, am, am I on the right track? When women ovulate, what kind of men they like are different. Opposed to. So basically, certain times of the month, is this true? That certain times of the month, you might be attracted to a different kind of man based off your ovulation.
1: Yes and no. So you are more open to different types, if that makes sense. If Your preference doesn't necessarily change, but you do become more open, right? And so one thing about uh, the other side of women wanting men who are kind and things like that, men, like women also want men who don't score high, but at least score on the dark triad, right? And that's Machiavellianism uh sociopathy and i can't think of the third narcissism right you want men who are on that spectrum but don't score high because you still want men who are capable of, of exacting consequences on any violence right you still want somebody capable of that and so i think when you're ovulating you become more a little like i said you're you don't necessarily it doesn't change your actual preferences but you do become more open to different types of men. And sometimes the men who are more likely to approach you during that time are those more aggressive and those types okay. of men
2: okay because this is important because some women probably find themselves in relationships with guys who don't make long-term partners right good long-term partners because she found him when she was ovulating right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. When women are ovulating, are they setting a bat signal out yeah. to, like, a more dangerous kind of guy? Because, yeah. oh, because I've also heard that's a time when women have one-night stands. Yeah. Why? Because you feel primal?
1: Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with that, but not only... So when it comes to like pheromones and other things like that, like it's because like the same reason why when I was pregnant, you would not believe the amount of men that approached me while I was pregnant. I've heard this before. That's the craziest thing on earth. I I never understood it, but it's 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 about what that signifies for them. Like one, yeah, it's definitely a hormonal thing, and then two, it lets them know that I'm fertile, which is attractive. It's a lot of. It's about the secondary things that those things
0: represent.
2: hmm So, men were approaching you to sleep with you
1: mm-hmm. when you
2: were pregnant. Yeah, I'm showing it everything.
1: Yeah, I'm talking about...
2: basketball, body. <laughs> <Neger freedom. laughs> <Okay. laughs> Why would okay. you laugh like that? Okay, so... For the women listening... <laughs> they need to be mindful of their... When they're ovulating... Because they may get themselves in some relationship dynamics they don't actually really want.
1: Right? Yeah, women are more likely to cheat when they when they're relating to. Ooh. Why is that? Ooh. Same reason. It's the Ooh. hormones that you're putting out that bad signal and somebody you throw
2: it, somebody gonna catch you. So it's possible that your long term partner I don't
1: want to say just doesn't do it for you.
2: And
1: they might not excite you that way. That's fair. That's, okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. That makes sense. Oh, That's fair. Okay. So, ooh, you got to go and listen to that. That's at the one minute and 40. Wow. One hour and 41 second. Mm, one hour and 41 minute mark. Um, I did go back to the one minute and 30. One hour and 37 minute mark. But yeah, if you want to jump in on and catch that wave. Um, I would probably go back as far as maybe the one at one hour and thirty-five minute mark, but again, beautiful flow, beautiful rhythm, um, between the both of the two. This is one of the best interviews I've ever heard. Like even talking about like women and and yeah, get this. This 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 is like a bunch of teasers. It's like appetizer for stuff. And like I said, um. I have, like, maybe another 24 minutes left of this interview. Um, definitely, if you get a chance, go and listen to it um, on your own and so you can get the full spectrum and, and all of the other nuggets I didn't get on here to um, get a chance to upload, all right?